lift your Bible up, wave, them around, wave it around, make Jesus glad, the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I am so glad for the Word of God. The fact of the matter is, when I read the Word, I get thrilled because I know that this is God speaking to me. And tonight, the Word of God has got value for my life, where I am, the situations that I'm facing. And I'm listening with all of my heart for your instructions, Father, so that I can be a doer of the Word and have the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at Genesis, the 17th chapter. And while you're turning there, also find Galatians, the third chapter. We'll start in, in uh, Genesis first. Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, <laughs> the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Or uh, one version says, be blameless. In other words, be blameless in the covenant. Walk before me and be blameless in the covenant. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And then in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, Paul is writing to us, and he says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs. We're all heirs. So tonight I just wanted to preach a message on El Shaddai. Uh, you know, God revealed himself to Abraham or Abram at that time. And he said, uh, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai, the almighty the God who is more than enough. Another, uh, another meaning of that word is that he is the overcoming God. Nothing can stand up against his power. For instance, you know, Abram, you're, you're 99 and your wife has got a barren womb, but that can't stand up against my word. That, 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 you know, my word is all you need to overcome that situation. <laughs> and then another Another aspect of, uh, of that El Shaddai, the, word, the, the Hebrew word shad means breast. I'm the almighty breasty one. I have an unlimited supply for you. <laughs> Praise God. He's got all the supply. He's more than enough for us. And so what did he tell him? He said, I, I will multiply thee exceedingly. And, uh, and so he... Uh, he began to talk to him about his covenant and he changed his name to Abraham which means father of many nations and so uh, 
well, yeah, pastor, that, that was El Shaddai to him. Well, yeah, but we're the seed of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus, so he's El Shaddai to you and I. He's our El Shaddai, and we're heirs according to the promise. I just think about all the places in the Bible. I'm just going to name a few of them. How about, how about my cup runneth over, Psalm 23, 5. He's the overflowing cup God. <laughs> he didn't just fill the cup. He, overflow, he just overflows it. And then I think in, in John chapter 7, Jesus said, you know, uh, if, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers, rivers. He, flo he, he floods us with rivers, not just, not, you know, not just a trickle not just a well. The well of, of life is talking about our, our salvation, but the rivers of living water is what we have with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's an unlimited supply. Think about Luke 6, 6.38. He says, you know, give and it shall be given unto thee. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Running over. I mean, God, he's the running over return that God can move on man to give us. See, it comes from man. The running over comes from man. I said the running over comes from man. Why? Because God is, is, is able to bring that kind of power to, to, the, to bear. Think about Malachi 3.10, you know. Uh, to all tithers, you know, he opens up the windows of heaven and pours us out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. See, that's overflow. That's more than enough. That's more than enough. And, and the word blessing there, I, I went out to see Brother, Brother uh, Oral Roberts, and he, he gave me the teaching about uh, ideas, concepts, and insights. See, it's not, it's not talking about money because there's no money in heaven for God to rain out of heaven. There's no money up there. So when he opens up the windows of heaven, what does he give us? He gives us all the ideas, the concepts, and insights to know where provision is on the earth. You know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. So if we have a need anywhere, El Shaddai can supply that. He can tell us where it is. He told Jesus where the, where the fish was with a gold coin in his mouth. And Peter went and found it. Paid his taxes and Peter's taxes. So, um, so you, you look at this wonderful testimony and what, when was it that God revealed himself as the God who is more than enough? Well, it happened when Abram was just about run out of faith. He's 99. His wife is 90. He's unable to father a child. She's unable to bear a child. Her womb is dead. And, uh, and so he said, I, you know, he said, walk before me uh, and be thou perfect. Be thou blameless. And, and he's talking about being blameless in the covenant. In other words, the covenant has two sides. God cut the covenant with Abram, and, he, and so Abram has a side, and God has a side. And so he said, walk before me, and be thou blameless in the covenant. And then he reminded him uh, previously of the covenant that he had already talked to him about. He said in Genesis 13, 16, he said, look, he said, look up, look up and down. See, your seed is going to be as numerous as the dust of the earth. You know, the Middle East got a lot of dust. <laughs> and then in Genesis 15, he said, look up and look at the stars. Your, your, your seed will be as the stars in heaven for multitude. So he had already spoken that to him. 
And so here he is a few years later, and his you know, circumstances had worn him down. He's thinking, gosh, there's just no way that this, that this promise can come to pass. And, and so God uh, began to remind him, and then he renamed him Abraham. And the word Abraham means father of many nations. And he gave him the right name so he could talk right. He wasn't talking right. He was, he was dwelling on the circumstances. He was dwelling on, on the insufficiency. He was, he was thinking that God couldn't do it because he couldn't do it. See, he was, still, he was still invested in his own ability or lack of ability. Have you ever been there? Have you ever looked at some of the things that are going on in your life and you think, well, I just don't have the education. I don't have the money for that. I don't have this for that. I don't have that for that. Uh, God's got everything we need. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. And uh, if there's something that you need to know, he can show it to you. He can, he can relay it to you. And so he renamed him so he could talk right. And so immediately he began to say, well, I'm Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. This is my wife, Princess. Sarah means princess of nations. She's the mother of nations or, you know, she's the queen or so forth. And so and he starts introducing her and as if they're, they've got a multitude of descendants and they don't have anything. They have nothing yet. But they had to change what they were speaking. And, of course, we know the story. They conceived Isaac within 90 days of this right here. Within 90 days of this rename. I tell you, most Christians talk of their birth identity instead of their new birth identity in Christ. We're dealing with that right now. And I'm not even talking about the world. The world is out there rioting and, and they're protesting and they're, they're hurting and they're there's a lot of emotion. There's emotions. And then some of these groups are invading people, the legitimate people who are uh, hurting and inflamed. And maybe they've had wrong done to them. Maybe they know people or maybe their family. I, it's, it's a very emotional time. And, and a lot of the facts get lied about. The facts get covered over. And you can't really tell people about the facts. But I know this. A lot of those people are Christians, and they're not being taught to look at their new birth identity in Christ. If they did that, they wouldn't be so concerned about being a minority. They wouldn't be so concerned about having slave blood or ancestors. You know, what, when you come into Christ, there's no more bond nor free. There's no more male nor female. I can say it. There's no black or white. It's gone when you're in Christ. Now, for the rest of the country that's not in Christ, well, yeah, they've got... They're going to have a battle. And so what, what do we do? Well, let's preach the good news and get them saved. And bring them out of that old family that they're unhappy with and bring them into the new family, the family of God. <laughs> We've got the answer, but let's live it. So uh, Jesus is known as the seed of Abraham. See, that's, that's exactly what Galatians said. It says, you know, um, let me go back there. I've lost my place just temporarily. But it didn't say seeds, plural. Jesus was the seed. It was, it was through Isaac that the seed came through the lineage. And so we were all the children of Abraham through faith in Christ. Why? Because we're in the seed. We're in the seed. You see? 
I mean, the minute we get saved, we come out of our family line, whatever your family name is, whatever, whoever your father was and gave you your last name, the minute that you got saved, you, you were baptized into Christ Jesus, and now you're part of his lineage. Oh, wow, what a, what a, and so you're the seed of Abraham. And, uh, see, Galatians, I find it here. Are you getting anything out of this? Because you, you, need, you need to get a revelation of this and share it with people that, that don't have a revelation because if they're Christians, they, they can change what they're thinking and what they're, and they can get rid of all this anger and, and angst and, 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 and all this pressure. Verse 29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, because Jesus was a seed of Abraham, so we're the seed of Abraham. And all the promises... Uh, applied that applied to Isaac or applied to Abraham apply to us and so here in John chapter 10 let's look at John and I remember hearing brother Osteen preach this so many years ago almost 40 years ago now changed my life when I got a hold of this I never heard anything like it never heard anything like it I don't think very many places even have a knowledge of, of what Jesus really came. I think most people think that Jesus came to make bad people good. No, he came to give dead, he, he came to give dead people life. <laughs> we were all dead in sin. <laughs> but when we got saved, we, became, we got Zoe life. And so that's ex exactly here in John chapter 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. Don't get me mixed up with the thief. The thief is who? The devil. But really, if you read this whole passage here, he's really talking about religion. He's, you know, the devil, it's true of the devil. He's a thief, but religion is also a thief. Religion is man's vain attempt to reach God by his own uh, uh, devices. And so religion is a thief. And he said, he said the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But don't get me con confused with the thief. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I came that you might have life, Zoe, the God kind of life. The God kind of life. Abundantly. That you might have life more abundantly. The word abundantly there is Greek per perisos. It means excessive. Jesus came, I want you to have excessive life. Not just life, excessive life. And it's the God kind of life. So he has a double, it's double. See, most people say, man, you want, you want me to have the life that God has? That'd be really good. But then he puts excessive on it. <laughs> he puts excessive on it. That is just, that's over the top, isn't it? See, it's that, it's that, it's that El Shaddai. It's the El Shaddai. It's the personality of, of El Shaddai. That's God's personality is to give you way more than you need. Overflowing. Excessive. And so when you look up that word in your concordance, Strong's concordance, it means superabundant in quantity superior in quality so it's it has to do with quantity and quality super abundant and quantity not just abundant super abundant and super abundant or superior in quality the quality God cares about the quality 
I mean, we don't have to. If you choose to go shopping at, at uh, Goodwill, that's fine. I mean, people do. It's no problem. It's not, you, you like a bargain, that's fine. But don't be limited by that. Don't get so chinchy that you think God can't supply you with something a little nicer. Amen. It won't bankrupt heaven. And so, <laughs> excessive, superabundant quantity, superior in quality. In other words, we could say God came to give us too much and too nice. It's just too much. You know, God is too much, isn't he? He's just too much. He's just too nice. This is just too nice. Well, he fed the multitudes with too much. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, what do you got to feed these 20, there's about 20,000 people, 5,000 men with women and children, and you add that on 20,000 people. What do you got? Well, I've just got five loaves and two fish and little boy's lunch. And we know that he multiplied the loaves and fishes and fed them with so much they ate until they were filled and they had 12 baskets left over. He fed them with too much. He didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have quite enough. Here, here's an eyeball. Here, I'm going to squash this eyeball up and you can have some of that. No, he gave them what they wanted. And they had seconds and thirds until they were, they were gorged. They were filled. Couldn't eat another bite. And 12 baskets left over. And did the same thing again with seven loaves and a few fish and fed 4,000, which was 16,000 people, and had seven baskets left over. And I'm telling you, God knows how to get, give you more than you could ever think that you needed. He's, he's exceeding abundantly above. Amen. How about Luke 5, when, when Jesus was teaching out of the boat, he borrowed Peter's boat, and he was teaching from the seashore. Uh, so or so is the word. And then he said, okay, let's launch out into the deep. Now, they just fished all night and hadn't caught a thing. You don't fish in the daytime. You fish at night. And uh, there on, on the Sea of Galilee, that wasn't done. They were cleaning their nets. They weren't really to go fishing. But he said, let's launch out into the deep and cast your nets, plural. And so Peter kind of hem-hawed around. He said, okay. So he... He let down the net. So he didn't even do as much as Jesus said to do. And I mean, they had a net-breaking, boat-sinking, partner-straining, mind-blowing catch. They were amazed. See, God is not, he doesn't do things little bit, little bitty. You know, that's, that's our side most of the time. Our side is that we're too busy underestimating God. And, <laughs> you know, look, let's, let's realize how how great he is. He's almighty God. There's nothing too hard for him. In, in John 21, after Jesus had risen from the dead, he's over there on the beach and he's got a fire going. He's got some fish and, 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 and they don't know it's him. They, he doesn't look quite like himself. You know, he's, he's risen from the dead, so he's a little bit different. The glory had touched him enough to where he in fact, some of them, the only way they could tell is to put their finger in his, you know, Thomas had to put his finger in his, in a hand print of the nail prints and his hand in his sides. The only reason he knew it was him and his voice. But anyway, he said, hey, lads, have you caught anything? They're out there fishing because Peter said, I go fishing. He was tired of being broke. And they didn't see anything going on in the ministry. So they just decided they're going to go back fishing again. It's the only thing they really knew. And they're out there and they hadn't caught a thing. And, and Jesus knew that. He's just gigging them a little bit. Say, hey, boys, you catch anything? Well, no, we fished all night. Well, throw the net on the right side and you will find. 
And there again, man, here's this net full of fish. They're dragging it, straining, trying to pull this thing to shore. And the Bible says there was 153 great fish. It said great, mega fish. Say, I don't know. That's the Sea of Galilee. I've been there. I know they don't have swordfish in there. I know they don't have whales. And I don't know what kind of great fish they caught, but they were not mullet. They were not little minnows. They had great fish, 153 of them. And of course, and take of, of the fish you've now caught and add it to mine and let's have, let's dine. And they had lots left over. They could go to the, to the market and sell and pay all their bills plus. 153 great fish. See, God is El Shaddai. He's the one that's more than enough. And so I, I just want to remind you here in this 2020 is, it's, it's the greatest year yet, and I know it'd be easy for us to just let that go and say, well, you know, pastor missed it, or God meant something else. He must have meant something spiritual. I, I just don't believe that we ought to sell God short. I tell you, God is El Shaddai. He's more than enough, and no matter what your circumstances are, we can't just, we, we shouldn't be just believing to barely scrape by. We need to believe for excessive because that's what he got. That's what he gave us. He gave us excessive. There's a need beyond ourselves. And I know it's easy just to look at what we need and what we can handle and so forth and so on. But then if we don't factor in another huge amount, because this, just think about the world as we see it right now. Think what it's going to take to, to, to reverse and to take out all of this anger and division in just one country and I believe it's going all over the country I mean I've seen the same thing going on in in uh, in Britain they're having the same thing going on in France and in, in all of the, uh, the all of the civilized world they're having these riots this is supernatural folks this is a demonic attack and I believe the devil knows what's headed he knows there's a revival coming. He knows there's an awakening coming. He's doing everything he can to, to short-circuit that. But let me tell you, God is El Shaddai. If we'll do our part and lift up our eyes on the fields because they're wide already to harvest and realize it's going to take a lot more than just us and what we need, it's, we're going to have to add a factor on to what we're believing for, an excessive amount. <laughs> An excessive, see, according to the Bible, an excessive supply is available. An excessive supply is available, according to the Word. And so, uh, I want to uh, kind of close this out. I want to read Ephesians 3.20 to you. And I'll read it in the King James first, but let me also read it out of the Passion. Ephesians 3.20. El Shaddai, that's, what he, that's who he is. We're the seed of Abraham, and if he's El Shaddai to Abraham, he's El Shaddai to us. We're the seed. In verse 20, Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him, that's talking about God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. One translation says, all that we dare ask or even think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That tells me that, it, that, that 
If God is going to have glory in the church, that church has got to start believing in El Shaddai. They've got to start, we started cranking up our estimation of God's abilities. Let's look at the passion translation of that same verse. And uh, it's powerful. Ephesians 3.20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. <laughs> he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't that good? I mean, he's able to exceed our wildest dreams. Dare to dream. Dare to, dare to, to, to sit down with a, a tablet and a pencil and, 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 and sit down and, and think about some of the things that you'd do if you had this and you had that and you could do this and you could do that. You could have the level of health that, and the level of strength and the level of, of finances and, the, and, and, and all of your, your personal affairs in, in order. I'm telling you, uh, let's dare to dream and then expect God to do even greater than, than our wildest dreams because <laughs> that's what he wants to do in this season. Our greatest year yet is 2020, so it's because he's El Shaddai. Lift your hands and receive tonight. El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Amen. Be encouraged.